This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And we are coming to you live. From the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios, Rocket Mortgage with you every single step of the way, providing a seamless mortgage experience. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Send the tweets, send the takes, at Ken Carmen, C-A-R-M-A-N on Twitter. I upset a bunch of Heat fans this morning, I guess, just because I said, hey, if LeBron wins this championship, it's the easiest championship he'll ever won. I'm sorry your feelings got hurt. I'm not here to mess around with your feelings or worried about your feelings because it's the truth. Bubble basketball is going to suit a 35-year-old father of three better than it's going to suit 26-year-old single guys out there. Bubble basketball is going to suit LeBron James, who's the only guy in the bubble chasing history, chasing legends. It's going to suit him more than a bunch of also rants. Bubble basketball is going to suit LeBron James better than anybody else out there. So if your feelings are hurt over that, I don't know what to tell you other than to get over it. Because if you think that this is the hardest championship he's won, or in any comparison, I might be able to give you Oklahoma City, but if you think this comes anywhere near San Antonio, or certainly anywhere near Golden State, you are sadly mistaken. So the safety's off this afternoon. 855-2124-CBS. You know the number. Go ahead, give it a call. We got Mike Sando coming up from The Athletic at 1240 p.m. Eastern, and I hope that Hickey can see the message that I just put in the call screen because we're back, baby. We're back. I got the screen. We're ready to go for the final two hours. Second half is our half, baby. That's the way we do it, Hick. That's the way it goes. Bart Scott said it, I'll say it, the road through the AFC East comes through me, baby, and it's all back. Here we go. Hickey has no retort. Worker shoot coming up in 20 minutes. Oh, I'm fired up. You didn't see me. I wrote back. Let's go. Oh, okay. I didn't I see am that. I'm sorry. hyped. That's massive. You're I know supposed to write LFG. Yeah. Let's go. You're supposed to write LFG. Come on. Let's be I serious I love LFG. Here. Let's work with this here. All right. I know what you guys are going to get in. I'm th- I threw out the number because I know what you guys are going to say. It, yeah, you know what? I think for you personally, you know what? You guys want to say it's LeBron's politics or whatever. Fine. 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 I know for you personally, you're going to say it's politics. I think a lot of people want it to be politics. What is it for Major League Baseball then? What is it for hockey? What is it for the U.S. Open? What is it for the NFL? The last time I looked, NASCAR's ratings are actually a lot better. But for the other sports, what is it? I want to know what it is. Because I know you have your theory, and a lot of people say, it's LeBron, it's China. Okay, fine. Yeah, okay. 
Gary in Myrtle Beach. It's LeBron in China. Mike in Sacramento. It's LeBron. All right, all right. I know you're going to say it, and I know you believe it because it's, it's your reason why you're not watching the NBA. But focus on what I just said. It's not just the NBA, America. The U.S. Open, the NFL, professional hockey, okay, Major League Baseball. All the ratings are down. And I want to know from you, why do you think that is? Because I have my theory, and it's not just based on politics. We kind of buttressed up against this earlier this week on my local show. And there was a couple of reasons. A lot of people did say politics. A lot of people did say, you know, it's just been a draining year. And when you turn it on, it's just even more. And I went, yeah, okay, I'm getting that from you. Okay, fine. I think there's something more logical, especially when you're not just talking NBA and we're looking at all the sports in general. I think that we're looking at something here where we thought there was going to be this cornucopia, this this huge smorgasbord of sports that we were going to love. We went months without it. We finally got it. We got college football. We got all this other stuff going on. We finally have this opportunity to watch all this sports, all these sports, and I believe that we have some overload right now. If I'm looking at just ratings, remember, if I'm looking at just television ratings, that's why I, I, I have to ask you, and I'm sure I'll get a lot of people saying politics, okay, fine. But I also think it's more than that. If we go by calculated ratings, which need to be changed, I don't know how they do it, Big Brother already tracks us with cookies. I don't know how Nielsen or Arbitron can't track us with it anyway. So if we're worried about Big Brother tracking us so much, there's always ways they can do it. But traditional ratings and television has always been based off antennas and boxes and people writing in and things of that nature. Well, if I got more people cutting the cord, how can I get a true, accurate representation? Because this is where I think that sports, professional sports certainly, is cannibalizing itself. If the NBA Finals were happening in June, would they be taking like they are right now? I I don't know if they would. I don't think they would be. If the regular NBA Finals were happening in June and LeBron was still saying what he was saying and you guys were all upset with him for what he was saying, would they still be this bad? Because when you have NBA Finals basketball going up against regular season Major League Baseball, you're still going to see... A lot of people watching that. If I'm watching regular Stanley Cup final hockey in May and June, I'm going to pull a decent number. If I'm watching professional baseball at this time where there's no NBA, the majors are done, there's only NFL, which they always offset that. They try to do their best to offset the NFL. So in a lot of ways in the postseason you can't, but certainly with the World Series you try because they don't want to compete with that. If I can offset those things, wouldn't the Major League Baseball postseason be doing a lot better than it usually is? We were once excited that, well, we're going to get these sports back, and in the month of September we're going to have college football and the NFL and and, and all the sports that we just talked about. And if we're doing ratings the way we've always been doing them, there's too much. If I'm a person sitting at home, if I'm Kenny Carmen sitting in Streetsboro, Ohio, and I'm watching sports – and I'm watching on my on my cable, and I'm being measured by Nielsen or Arbitron or whatever it may be. 
I'm only watching one thing. So I'm talking to about people who are not millennials because most millennials are, or a lot of millennials are starting to cut the cord. I'm looking at a person who's kind of like me, 35 and above. No, I'm 34. 30, 34 and above. Guys who may be in their 50s and 60s who, based on cable, it's simpler. I can pull up on my, my remote right here and I can go right down the guide and I can figure out what I want to watch. Well, now if I have all this choice, is the U.S. Open taking away from Major League Baseball? Was Major League Baseball taking away from the U.S. Open? Was the NFL or college football, because I believe the U.S. Open was happening before the NFL, would, would, would college football be taking away from the U.S. Open? I believe that it would. Andrew Filipponi, I thought, had one of the, the best points about all this when it comes to ratings. He said this about a month ago when the U.S. Open was going on. It's a sport that was still going on during the pandemic. It was one of the first sports back. Should have had the U.S. Open then. You have the U.S. Open now when you have all these other sports going on. And so if I have NBA basketball happening at a time, the highest level of NBA basketball going on during a time where we would not be starting NBA basketball normally right now. I'm going to put that up against the NFL. The NFL always wins. They're the house. They always win. I'm going to put that up against because it still has it still has the easiest way of viewing because it doesn't happen as much as the other sports. Football is king. It's always going to win. It has an easy viewership for a lot of other people. And there's so many other things that people are going to watch. There is such a thing, and we may be finding out this with television ratings, and this is going to be weird because it's going to affect contracts and negotiations for years to come. We may be finding out that there is such a thing as too much sports in a given time. October, usually the best sports month out there. Football, college and pro, high school football heating up in most states. You got the World Series, basketball's about to start. Usually the best. Now we're finding out we have too much. Sports should be really taking it, taking in and like it's fine dining. It's a good dinner. You're full, not overly full. Sports really shouldn't be taken in like a buffet. Because if I have too much, I'm going to have a little bit of a lot of different things, and I'm not going to be able to give credit to any of them. And I think that's what's going on with some of the ratings. There are obviously your personal reasons for it, whether it be political. Maybe you just don't like basketball. Maybe you just don't like basketball right now. Maybe you don't like watching the NBA because you probably have the same ratings as what the Summer League did. Maybe you don't like baseball as much. Maybe your team isn't in it. You don't care. It was a 60-game season. The, the players were bitching with the owners and vice versa. They were threatening each other. Maybe that turns you off. NFL ratings, it is an election year. These things tend to happen every four years. The political unrest of what's going on, both social, uh, both in society as well as with the election coming up, there's plenty of reasons why and plenty of people speaking out. These are all good personal reasons. But if I'm just regular Ken Carmen wanting to watch sports and I got four or five different sporting events going on on any given Saturday or Sunday afternoon, it's going to be more difficult. The thing I want to see is coming up next month for the Masters and how different the Masters are compared to anything else. Will the ratings still be low then? If the ratings are still low on the Masters, I think it strengthens this point. If the ratings are higher, 
then yeah, you know what, you got an even bigger problem than what you have. I do think that the NBA is going to have to finagle a way to get through this situation and figure out how they're going to present themselves to regular, everyday Americans for the next decade. The same thing with Major League Baseball, the same thing with all professional sports. We are a much different culture, and we're going to be a much different culture for the foreseeable future. I'm not talking even pandemic stuff. We're a much different culture. What are you going to do to be seen? What are these leagues going to do to be accessible to, to their fan bases? 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Coming up next, we got calls we'll take you guys. I got a call here about firing somebody already. This is going to be something. And we got Worker Shoot. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show. Mike Sando in 20 minutes. Got Worker Shoot coming up. I'm watching this Oklahoma game. I want to get to a caller here. I'm watching this Oklahoma game. I find it. I know the internet had a hilarious time, it seemed. Last Saturday night when Oklahoma lost to Iowa State. And the Spencer Rattler memes were out there. Ah, Hickey's about to call me. This might end up getting in for work or shoot. And I got dead or alive and maybe work or shoot just goes away this week. But Hickey is basically saying that I'm a sissy because I can't can't find it in my heart to ridicule college players. Is that what you're? Is that not now, what you're saying? Now, there's like so there. There's two levels of ridicule here. One I agree with, one I disagree with. So it depends on what we're talking about. If we are okay. talking about ridicule for play, like when you were talking with Dennis Dice, I have a tough time criticizing or really saying anything negative about Spencer Rattler. Yeah. You know, I think it's fair. The play on the field to me is fair game. I understand they're amateurs. I understand they're not getting paid. If a quarterback stinks. You should be allowed to say they stink, and it doesn't matter if you are 25 years old, well, if you're 50 years old. That's fine. I don't know. I, I see. I don't even like the saying they stink. I don't even like game. saying they stink. Like I right now with with Spencer Rattler, I would go. He, I would say Spencer Rattler is has not been not been good in in, in crunch time. I think there's a lot of pressure on him. I think that the legacy of Mayfield, Murray, and Jalen Hurts has really affected him this season. I think that's fair. I think that's a fair criticism of a college athlete who is a high-profile but amateur college athlete. But, like, when I talk about, like, a guy like Mike McCarthy, I said last week, Mike McCarthy, his face looks like a bowl of mashed potatoes. I'm not going to say that about a college football player. That is – that I agree. I said that's fair. Okay. That's fair. I'm with you on that. Like, Mike McCarthy's made a hell of a lot of money. And I, I, within the boundaries of good taste, because I really do firmly believe that Mike McCarthy's face looks like a bowl of mashed potatoes, that's what I will say and that's what I will leave it to. I don't like to do a whole lot of personal appearance because I know what I look like, but I'm willing to talk about what I look like because I'm a paid professional. These guys are technically not paid professionals. So say there's a college football player and he's got a, a hell of a mullet, and he's got the eye black going all the way down the cheeks, and he's got the just the the huge sleeve of tattoos, and he looks like a badass. Like I will commentate on that. I will only commentate on that type of thing in glowing terms. Like that's a college football player right there. Look at that guy. That's fair. I think I totally fair. Okay, I just want to make sure because I don't. You know, it's I, ever since I graduated college, man, and I'm sure somebody's gonna milkshake duck me for it, but. It's just very hard for me to really just go after college players. It's very hard. Pros, I'll do it all day, every day. Up You've and also down. had a traumatic experience. So, you know, it's like, you know, you're learning your lesson already. We'll say that. It was an accident. 
But it's an experience that, you know, obviously one one person's grandma just kind of shaped your thinking going forward. I still don't even think his grandma was listening to that. It sounded, she all was right, very one upset. Time, all right, people don't know what you're talking about, so i got to tell the story. You're going to force me to tell the story. I th- well, I'm really pretty sure we brought up story. a few. Uh, maybe no, not. we never brought that up okay. on the air. We never okay. brought that up okay. on the air. I think this is, but this now is I a very tell a relevant story. story, yes. But you're making me tell the tale. I think, it's a, I think the listeners will appreciate it. <sighs> one time when I was doing play-by-play, I'm not going to say the schools. I was doing play-by-play, and a guy checked into a basketball, a guy checked into a game, and he didn't have a lot of hair. All right? Kind of looked like my dad. Kind of looked like Mr. Burns. Okay? And he was some three-point champion or something like that. And he checks into the game. And I say his name, and I said, checking in for so-and-so. I'm not naming the team. And we're at home, by the way, and this is where this is all going to make sense. We're not going to – I I hope we get the workers shoot. It ain't going to happen. And he checks into the game, and I say, "Uh, so-and-so checks in for so-and-so, and and he's a a three-point champion from the state of Michigan. Certainly not going to win any beauty contests. That's That's all I said. (laughs) <laughs> I might have went a little bit for you know what I might have went a little bit further and said something like male pattern baldness already stepping into the young man I might have went cow. I might have went further okay so Ken did go down the avenue of so, attacking the physical appearance. again I didn't even think folks I implore you I didn't even think twice about it I didn't even think twice about it because as Hickey well knows I'm known to bust pills constantly constantly and it just, it came out, and I went about the broadcast, and it wasn't even like, hey, I'm talking to the home audience. I'm going to talk to the away team like this. It wasn't like that. It, I didn't realize, though, that the team is from far away, and they didn't send their radio guys because they also have hockey on that same weekend. So they just decided to to link to our broadcast and play our broadcast up in that hometown of where that college was. And so they play the game. Saturday ends. Everything's great. We have a nice Sunday. It's the middle of the winter. I go to work on Monday morning at the radio station I work at. I get a call from the program director at another station. He goes, uh, we got to have a talk. I went, why? Uh, did you say some kid wouldn't win a beauty contest? I was like, uh, I don't remember. And he goes, hold on. And he goes, did a sudden kid check in? And he gave me the name and went, oh, my God. I said, yeah. He goes, well, according to their head coach, his grandma heard and she's crying. I went, what? What? Yeah, he wants you fired. You, you got to be kidding me. I go, the head coach wants me Which, by the way, they lost. The head coach lost that game. And there's, there's going to be more to this coming up here in a second. I'm sure America can't wait. So I go, all right, give me the guy's number. I'll call the guy's number. And so I call up this coach. He didn't answer. I leave him a message. I say, listen, this is Ken Carmen from so-and-so. Da-da-da-da. Give me a call. Let's talk about this. He still won't call back. I sent him an email. He starts emailing me back. He will email me back. He won't call me back. I go, listen, I need to talk to you. And to give you the proper context of things, it's my fault. I messed up. It slipped out. I'll, I'll call Grandma. Let me call Grandma. I think you've done enough. Give me your uh, – pick up the phone when I'm calling you. 
This guy wouldn't pick. I think he's been fired since because the guy's a clown. Um, and, yeah, he's a, he's a paid professional. I'll call that guy a clown all day long. I don't care. So I end up finally kind of sort of getting a hold of this guy. And he goes, you don't need to apologize to me. You need to apologize to Grandma. I said, give me the number. And he goes, I want an apology, and I want you to apologize on air the next time we play you. I said, you're not going to play us for another year. And he goes, I don't care. I want an apology next year. I go, you ain't getting an apology on the air next year. I'll apologize to you right now. I'll apologize to the player. I'm not going to apologize to you because I don't like your attitude. You put the player on the phone. I'll apologize to the player. It was over the line. I apologize for that. Shouldn't have said it. But you know what? He was losing his hair, and he wasn't going to win any beauty contest. Probably should have said that. Turns out, moral of the story, you want to hear this, Hickey? And, well, Hickey knows this. Pierno doesn't. He's pulled this with other broadcasters in the past. Oh, you never told me that. He has pulled with this with other broadcasters in the past. I go to another school that happens to be in the state of Michigan, talk to their radio guy, and they go, he called He called us up. He said that we were calling, the, we, we were calling his center fat. I said, what? Yeah. I go, did you guys win? He goes, oh, yeah. We beat him by 25. He said, you called the center fat? He goes, I never said anything about his center. said that there's pers- the person's mom was listening, the person's mom was crying. So here I was, Hickey, and this does turns into worker shoot. I'm worked into a shoot by some coach who just wants to cause problems with other teams that he loses to. If he can't win the game, he wants to make your life as miserable as his, I guess. So that's the only you, way to do so. You better watch out, man. You guys only think that big-time college. You guys think Greg Marshall punching people in the face over parking spots is rough? Woo! You come on down to D2 college basketball and watch how that goes. They play mind games with you. Amos in Tennessee, speaking of mind games, he's next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead, Amos. Hey there. Um, Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Glad to I have just, you. Um, I wanted to um, comment here on um, Texas A&M and the state of highway robbery that Jimbo Fisher is playing that school for. Do you realize Ooh. since they've been in the SEC, they haven't even come in second in the SEC West? I mean, you can always count on either Auburn – LSU, Alabama, somebody being a contender in that um, in that side of the SEC, but you can always also count on Texas A&M being third or fourth. They really messed themselves up getting this $100 million 10-year contract with Jimbo Fisher, and I think he's in over his head. I think he needs to go back to the ACC or the Big Ten or something, take a step back where it's not as competitive because right now, he has no answers year I, in and year Amos, out. Amos, I, I actually uh, – and they, they actually just scored as I'm saying this to you. Uh, they just scored on Florida. Well, I, I want to give them a little bit of time because it's a, it's a monumentally large contract, okay? But there is – I can't lie to you here. To tell you the truth, there's something that fears in me. It's not like he's in over his head. You get that big of a contract and Jimbo Fisher is not 37 years old. Is the passion there? You get what I'm saying there, Amos? Right. Like yeah, there, sure. there tends to, there tends to be, and it's a seven seven game now. So we'll see. I mean, Dan Mull, Dan Mullen is as motivated as anybody. He's a little arrogant, but Dan Mull, Dan Mullen is as motivated as anybody, and he wants to put Florida back where it's supposed to be. A and M has a strong, rich tradition. You're right, and they want to be back, and they want to be. And this is a golden opportunity with Texas being down. Texas A and M should really be back where it's supposed to be. 
But I, when you give out that kind of a contract to a guy, you're going to wonder over a course of time, is the motivation still there? Because Jimbo Fisher can't be – how old Jimbo Fisher, Hick? Do we know how old Jimbo Fisher is? I mean, I, I do wonder, over a course of time, will the motiva- – he's 55 years old. Will the motivation be there, Amos? That's, that's what I think you need to be worried about, not whether he's in over his head. Well, something's going to have to motivate um, that AD because no matter who's at the realm at these top schools that he's competing with, they're just non-contenders year in and year out. They're just non-contenders. Well, I got and, more you know, at least, at least Kevin Sumlin beat Alabama one time. And yeah. I don't even think it's been close with Jimbo. Well, I got and I and Amos, I got to let you go because we're up against it here. I got more bad news for you with all this going on and a lot of things being frozen, a lot of salaries being frozen. I can't imagine the size of that buyout. You're only in what year four of that thing right now. I can't imagine the size of that buyout if you really want to get rid of him. Like you're going to hold on to him for a while because this is going to be as we come out of this pandemic and hopefully slowly but surely we start to coming up here there will be a financial ramification over a course of years as well. So for these guys, for fans who are upset with their coaches, who are making a lot of money, who aren't putting it right there, like it's time to put up or shut up for Jimbo. We're getting to that time. But if you're upset with that, there's going to be a lot of guys who probably continue to get paid because you can't afford the buyout for these coaches. 855-2124-CBS. Up next, we'll switch it up. We'll talk some NFL. At 1 o'clock, we'll do Dead or Alive, 2020's version of Dead or Alive for NFL football because when you have an extra playoff spot, it's going to make things difficult. I only miss one a year. We'll see how many I miss this year. But up next, Mike Sando, the athletic. He has been talking to some NFL executives, some team executives, about what should be done with the Tennessee Titans and what should be done for the future. Mike Sando from The Athletic joins us next. This is the Ken Carmen Show. Anthony Lima turned me on to that movie, man. Probably the best Christmas movie there is. 855-2124-CBS. That's the toll-free line. It's brought to you by GEICO. Find folks at GEICO. They give you extra 15% on RV, motorcycle, and car insurance. That's on top of what you're already saving. Get to geico.com as soon as you can. We'll do Dead or Alive, the 2020 edition, coming up at 1 p.m. Eastern. Right now we got to go to the hotline. This guy wrote an article from The Athletic about what some of the executives around the league are talking about with the Titans. Also, what's going on with Aaron Rodgers? What's the MVP race? The whole thing. Mike Sando joins us on the show. Find him on Twitter, at SandoNFL. Mike, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, good to be here. Uh, first off, you, you speak to uh, guys around the league, people around the league, I should say. Uh, what are their thoughts with the Tennessee Titans and, and maybe a precedent that needs to be set across the league? Yeah. Well, I think they, you know, they, from talking to people around the league, they feel as though um, it's pretty clear that protocols were broken by Tennessee, right? That they weren't as as stringent in adhering to the rules. And then obviously they held the practice, which they've admitted. Um, and so in light of that, in light of what's at stake uh, this year for the whole league, that if, there's, if they did violate the way they seem to have, that the punishment should, be, should set a precedent. And we don't know if the league feels that way, but we've sort of gotten some hints that they might, right, through just various reports, um, you, starting, I think, last weekend with Adam Schefter's report uh, at ESPN. So um, what would that involve? You know, I think to get – the attention of owners, it's money, right? I mean, a lot of money. They're already finding two hundred and fifty grand for your coach's mask coming down during the game, right? Or a hundred grand for the coach. So you would think there could be a fine in the millions. You would think the head coach could be 
addressed in some way, whether he's suspended or fined. You always see draft picks involved in these situations. And, you know, people talk about forfeits, but I don't think I don't think they'll have a forfeit unless they can't play the game. You know what I mean? I think they want to play the games above all else. Well, I kind of had a I had a weird conversation this week about the forfeits there. Mike Sando joining us on the show because I think fans fans want to see forfeits, but I I didn't realize this until Chris Mortensen said it, where it's like, hey, you get a forfeit, nobody gets a game check. That's true. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So in this case, if if you were going to have a forfeit, and there were game checks lost by the Titans, I think people could say, well. If Titans players were doing things outside the rules or being lax when it's been fairly clear what was expected, then maybe that's okay. But you wouldn't want to have the team they're playing lose a game check, right? You, you, you need to address that. It wouldn't be fair. I thought another interesting thing, just one of the guys I spoke with was, okay, if you give a loss in a forfeit to Tennessee, do you give a win automatically to the other team? Do you give them a tie? You know, how does that work? Because oh. <laughs> a, free, a, free, a free win could be huge, right? I mean, uh, <laughs> You so, suddenly Buffalo goes to five and zero. Oh, that matters a lot to the Patriots. <laughs> it, it was so, it was so weird to me because I I said, hey, I can't give a team a win for not playing a football game. The other team, like the other the Patriots, the Dolphins. I don't know if the Jets really care, but the Patriots and Dolphins would. And and I'm going, how could I? I can't give you a win for not actually competing for the victory. And it's just what you said. I think the Patriots would certainly have a problem with that. They went out there without Cam Newton and and, and played yeah. the game against Kansas City. So. And I heard, and I was getting argued with during the week, well, they followed protocol. Okay, does that mean that 30 other teams get a win for following protocol and doing the right thing? I can't just give you – I can't give you a win. Yeah. And I know that, hey, if, if another team has more wins, then, yeah, a, a quote-unquote tie can hurt, but at least that team will have went out there and earned that victory where the Bills don't get the opportunity to do so, Mike. Right, so should, if you don't get the opportunity to earn the victory, does it mean you shouldn't even get any credit for the victory? You know, you didn't get a chance, so you were deprived. It doesn't yeah. mean you automatically would have won, but uh, that's why I thought the idea of a tie, I don't know, that's just you know me ta- having fun talking to execs around the league. I haven't heard any inclination that the league would be thinking that way, but it's an interesting way to sort of give you at least half. It's a, uh, it's a half a win. Along those lines, could we go by win percentage at some point? Uh, yeah, I, I would think so. Although, if you'd read the, the league's list of tiebreakers, I mean, geez, I've been covering the league for over twenty years, and I, every time that that comes into play, I have to go read them again. You know, because there's like, oh, yeah. but after about the fifth step, you're flipping coins. You know, it's just, it's just it's, it gets a little complex when you have a lot of lot of teams, and you're going to have teams tied with winning percentages, right? Oh, it. it I basically think there's probably got to be a potato sack race in there, and, and inky yeah. dink, and everything else. Uh, Mike Sando joining us on the show. Uh, from what? was at the beginning of the season and the tears of the quarterbacks we're seeing a couple of these guys playing out of their shoes so far this year Aaron Rodgers is one of them uh he boy he had a quote uh, the quote of all quotes uh to Pat McAfee earlier this week about uh, his worst years or other guys career years is he's the is he the leader at MVP or do you have do you have maybe Russell Wilson or or Josh Allen four weeks throughout the year it's early but still in the early part of the season yeah, I think the feel is that, hey, it's sort of Russell Wilson's time until somebody really outplays the level he's at right now. And Rodgers is right there, but he's won it before. He's been he's been known for a decade for being you know either the best quarterback or one of the top two. I think there's a feel that, that Wilson hasn't gotten his due. He's never gotten an MVP vote. Um, he may be doing uh, as much or more with, with less, or at least has in, in recent years. Certainly their defense has been terrible, so 
Um, I would probably give him the edge on Rodgers. You know, I, I think I, I did a piece right before the season called, uh, you know, something along the lines of the truth about Aaron Rodgers' stats. And, and, you know, I went back with coaches and watched the video of him. I don't think that he's suddenly playing twice as good as he was last year. I think he's been playing pretty darn great uh, over the years. And last year, they just left a lot of plays on the ground. I mean, there were an unusual number of catchable balls thrown that weren't caught, and that's what put focused the attention uh, somewhat on just the fact that they haven't been drafting receivers, right? I mean, they, they haven't gotten them guys other than Devontae Adams. Now, I think what's happened this year is two things. One, the running back Aaron Jones has become an elite target, along with Devontae Adams. I mean, he really gives them something down the field at, at the running back position that you haven't got. So he's got two guys now, which I think when you look – in the past, whether it was Jordy Nelson and other guys they had, Jermichael Finley, when he was a really amazing, they had two. I don't think that's too much to ask. The other thing is the games are easier. You go to Minnesota and New Orleans now, and there's no crowd. So, you know, that goes for Josh Allen and all these guys. That's a big difference. I think we would have seen Josh Allen have a bad game by now because you just do when you go on the road. Or Rodgers would have had a turnover, right? He has no turnovers. The Packers have no turnovers after four games. I mean, come on. Boy, I... Mike, that's why you are who you are and I am who I am because I didn't even think about something like that. Mike Sando joining us on the show. Okay, Bill Parcells made it famous. He said, your record is who you are. Your record is what you are. Then what are the Chicago Bears? Because they're 4-1. and one. I can't have it both ways here, Mike. What are they? Yeah, I think they're a 2-3 and three team with a 4-1 and one record. <laughs> Doesn't that feel about what they are, you know? Um, yeah, I was going back on my Twitter timeline, at Sando NFL, you can find a note about – uh, the teams that are four and one that have the worst point differentials, and they're in the top five for the last twenty years. You know, I think they're plus five. So that being said, the other teams that are right in there with them, including I think the Saints last year, didn't have much of a a point differential. There's a couple teams with negative point differentials with a four and one record over the years. The 2006 Seahawks were one of them. Um, most of them have, they have good records by the end of the year. You know, they're nine and seven or ten. They win ten, twelve games. So I don't know that I still buy that. Uh, you know, that Chicago's going to have even a winning record. Uh, I think there's enough volatility at the quarterback position, but you take them and you put those wins in the bank, and maybe by the end of the year they will have a better record now, you know, than we thought. I was listening to a little 670, uh, the score out there, and, and what they were saying after the, after the first loss with Nick Foles, it was basically, hey, you don't have Mitch Trubisky to blame anymore. I mean, how much how much is on Matt Nagy? How much credit, how much blame do I give to Matt Nagy when – they are a four and one football team, but you just said you're not even sure if they're going to yeah. finish the season over five hundred. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think anyone's looking at them and going, "Wow, you know, Matt Nagy has really had the answers uh, this year and over the years. They've really dialed it up." I feel like, uh, you know, you you do get credit for winning the games. I mean, that if they were to win the games, I don't think they're going to fire the coach, right? But I don't think we're looking at it going, "Wow, people are going to really be borrowing from what they're doing." You know, this is the blueprint for how. Uh, to win a game, um, you know they they have won them. Um, they've had some great fourth quarters. They have a good defense, you know, so they're not horrific. But the things that you think that uh, Matt Nagy would be affecting—the play calling, the play of the quarterback, the design—don't seem to be the things that are necessarily consistently good, right? Yeah, that's true about that. Mike Sando joining us. Follow him on Twitter at Sando NFL. Who's who's been the most impressive coach for the first month of the season? It's a great question. I've got my standings here in front of me. Um, 
I mean, you almost really have to go with Buffalo and Dable. You know, the offensive coordinator, McDermott's in there too. I mean, I think you look at a team, I did my column last week, the pick six column on Monday, sort of contrasting Buffalo with Houston and 4-0 versus 0-4, but they played each other in the playoffs. And one team in Houston panicked and got rid of DeAndre Hopkins, did all these moves that didn't work out. The Bills were like, you know what? Our guy's not perfect, but we're going to get him Stephon Diggs, and we're going to call the game uh, you know, uh, to his benefit. And I think between Dayball and McDermott, they've had a plan for their quarterback um, that's produced great results this far. I don't think it's sustainable. I don't think Josh Allen's going to have 50 touchdowns this year. He'll have his ups and downs most likely. That's a pretty darn good start out of the gates. The second one is probably you know, overlooked a little bit as Matt LaFleur um, just because he has Rodgers, right? I mean, the quarterback's going to get the credit when they win, and when they lose, you can't win with Rodgers. But I think you have to give some credit to, to how they've gone this year. It almost feels like Aaron Rodgers is in a LeBron situation where you're never going to look at the coach. You're always going to look at the quarterback there. And it, it, yeah. brings me to, it has to bring me to Mike McCarthy. I, I've been surprised – I've really been surprised at how much they've struggled. I mean, they got injuries, but everybody has injuries. You know, Tyron Smith basically being out for the rest of the year now, uh, that's going to be an, uh, that's going to have an effect. But gosh, you saw Dak Prescott throw for over 200 yards in the final eight minutes of that football game against Cleveland, and they're one and three. And I thought this is a guy who's a 14-year vet now in the NFL. Pandemic or not, that team's going to be ready to play, and they have had to come back, and they have just looked awful at times, yeah. at least on yeah. defense. I got to tell you, I do a podcast every Tuesday with Randy Mueller, the old uh, GM, and and uh, our episode right before the season was about how the Cowboys are overrated. So I gotta, I gotta, I gotta say, I told you so a little bit on this one because <laughs> they're set up to fail. You know, I think people, I think we don't realize that it's not a great ownership situation from a football standpoint, right? Jerry Jones is in the Hall of Fame, and he's they've won there in the past, but it's been a long time, and it's hard to overcome his type of ownership, in my opinion. It's sort of like as Al Davis went along, right? Um, it was hard for the Raiders to win. And I think that when you have a hodgepodge of a coaching staff, when everybody in the building knows that uh, Mike McCarthy really isn't the boss, okay, they're not even running his offense necessarily. So how as a coach are you going to come in there and have accountability over your team and have the answers and the plan to win when you came in and they made the guy who'd been a coordinator for one year keep the offense when they bring in a defensive coordinator who might not have even been may or may not have even been your choice we don't know um to me i think that their record could have been better than it is right now that but ultimately of where they're going to be in the end um i don't know how they're going to i don't think they have the ingredients just as an organization to get over the top that makes me wonder why mike mccarthy would accept the job because no one else was hiring him for the job, you know? I mean, he, he didn't have a – he wanted to be a head coach enough to take it under those circumstances. But every guy who's been in that situation um, has found that it's hard. You know, Bill Parcells left, yeah. and there's only 32 of the jobs. So if Mike McCarthy doesn't take that job, somebody else does. And Mike McCarthy's then what? Is someone going to hire him as an offensive coordinator? Not necessarily. I mean, maybe. But – you get to be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys making 5 or $10 million a year or not, right? I mean, most yeah. of us would take it. You guys got to follow Mike Sando on Twitter, at SandoNFL. Mike, we thank you so much for the time. I wish you had more of it. Take care, my friend. Great. Thank you. Mike Sando from The Athletic. That compar- I am jealous of the comparison he just made between Jerry Jones and Al Davis.
That is such a good point. You hear you hear a guest make a point so good, you become jealous of that point. That's how I feel about what Mike Sando just said. Mike McCarthy didn't pick out the the DC, or it's argued. They keep the old offensive coordinator. They keep the offense. Mike McCarthy just wanted to be a head coach that bad. All right, I want to get back into that when we come back. And Dead or Alive, the 2020 version. It's all coming up at 1 p.m. Eastern. Also more of you guys. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.